You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com All right, welcome back to the program, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, joining you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan, where it's already the 2nd of October, 2012. So wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to me in the world tonight, thank you for tuning in. And we're going to start this week of broadcasts off with a bang, with a, uh, a brand new guest from a website that I hope that everyone out there is familiar with, but if not, I suggest that you get familiar with it. It's called Natural Society. It's at naturalsociety.com, and it contains a veritable fount of information on all things related to matters, health, environment, and otherwise. Uh, some of the headlines up at Natural Society right now, kids get 7 trillion calories of sugar from cancer-causing beverages each year. Uh, gut health is directly linked to chronic illnesses, overall health, foods rich in potassium, even more than a banana, and why you want them, etc., etc. Lots of information, as I say, coming out on a daily basis. So it's my pleasure to have the editor of the website, Anthony Gucciardi, on the line with us tonight. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thanks a lot for having me. You're doing a great job on this program. I listen in often, and you really break down the facts and get the info out, especially on GMOs. I was just listening to you on that subject as well. Well, I appreciate that. GMOs is such an important subject that I don't feel I give it nearly enough coverage, so I'm happy to uh, to highlight the work that you're doing on this, and you, I know you've done a lot of important work on this subject, especially in recent weeks, as some very important things are beginning to break on this issue. But before we get into that specifically, let's just talk a little bit about Natural Society and how it came together. Sure. Well, uh, for a while, a period of years, I was writing for uh, websites such as Infowars.com, Natural News, basically a whole lot of alternative websites, and some mainstream as well. Uh, Reuters was picking up some of our stuff. But I realized, what's the point of going all over the place and writing for so many different publications? I want to have some sort of a hub to put all of the information that I'm gathering into one centerpiece. So that's what Natural Society was. It was basically, how can I compile all the information that I know from these different sources that I've been providing them and put it in one central place that everyone can come and really understand what's going on in the field of health and everything like that? Well, it's a good uh, it's a good lesson out there for everyone out there. Don't don't hate the media, become the media, and it's never been easier than it is right now in this day and age. So, uh, what's the response been like so far to Natural Society? Well, it's been amazing. Uh, we're less we're a little bit less than a year old right now, and I believe this month was our best month so far. We're surpassed a million users, and uh, it's been great. People are really all about activism who go to our website. They share a lot on Facebook. One of our articles I wrote about Hungary destroying Monsanto's GMO cornfields back in 2011 actually became the 10th most shared article of 2011. So I'm really appreciative of that. People were just got right on that, and they were sounding the alarm and everything like that on Facebook. So we got, I believe, 236,000 shares just on Facebook for that one article. So it's going really, really impressively well. 
That is good to hear, especially because these are obviously topics that are so central to our everyday lives. I think it goes to show once again that people are interested in these topics and the fact that the mainstream media is not covering them to the extent that people would like. Well, in this internet age, people will just circumvent that altogether and will go with sites like Natural Society that are providing that news and information. So my hat's off to you for getting in the arena and starting a website like this, which is obviously so needed, and uh, covering su- this uh, this information in such such voluminous detail. Once again, I hope people will go to check out naturalsociety.com if they haven't done so, and to, uh, to check out some of the work they've done on a lot of different topics. Tonight we're going to be honing in on the GMO issue and some of the ground-breaking developments that have been going on, but of course the phone lines will be open if you have anything you'd like to get in on, on matters health or environment or otherwise. 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And with that, we'll take our first break, but we'll be right back once again talking to Anthony Gucciardi of naturalsociety.com right after this. All right, friends, welcome back. Once again, we are talking to Anthony Gucciardi tonight of naturalsociety.com, and we are talking about a range of subjects, but we want to really hone in on the GMO agenda, the genetically modified organisms that are increasingly taking a role in the food chain and being inserted into there despite the voluminous scientific evidence indicating very serious health concerns with these GMO foods and uh, the genetically modified monstrosities that are being pimped out to the world by the Monsanto and other biotech giants. And this is a topic that has been covered in great depth at naturalsociety.com. All sorts of articles uh, coming out pretty much on a, on a daily or weekly basis at the very least, uh, such as Monsanto's Fading Grass group calls on South Africa to ban GMO corn, uh, GMO technology, glyphosate toxicity, and uh, leaving men sterile. Uh, GMO crops require more pesticides, create resistant insects, uh, and as he mentioned there before the break, Hungary destroys all Monsanto GMO cornfields. Again, tons of information there, and as I understand, you just have a, a brand new uh, uh, GMO-related article about a new scientific study that's going to be taking place in the public eye. Perhaps you can tell us about that. Yeah, that's actually just coming out now. It's It's been out for a little bit, but it's just really hitting the uh, mainstream news headlines right now. It's really interesting, actually. You, you know, listeners will probably enjoy it. It's a new reality show based out of Russia, and they're going to do it for a year's time in which they actually experiment on the rats and feed them GMO crops and everything like that and round up live so they can claim that they never tampered with the results to show really that when it c- turns out that they have tumors that they drag around with them when they're crawling around on the ground and stuff like that, that they didn't tamper with the results because you can check out the study going on for 24-7, see what the rats are eating, everything like that. Absolutely fascinating, and it does play right into the zeitgeist of all these uh, re- reality shows and everything. So hopefully people will uh, will find something of value there, at least the sort of the entertainment value. will at least get people interested in this, because as you and I know from having looked at this, and, and you probably better than, than anyone else, there's so much evidence that goes to the fact that, that GMOs are just a, a dangerous, horrific thing to be inserting into the environment, and uh, and we have to to get people on board with this and and really concerned about this because again, when people speak with with their wallets and with their their choices, they can make a difference in this agenda. So let's talk about some of the the science that backs this up and something that's in the news right now, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard about is a recent French study that seems to have turned the tide of public opinion, at any rate, against the GMO agenda. Let's talk about this new study study and what it indicates. 
So this study really was somewhat of a landmark study in the sense that it followed the rats over a lifetime period of two years and detailed the effects of Roundup and Monsanto's GMOs over that time period. It's also called the most thorough piece of research ever to be conducted on GMOs and their lifetime effects. And basically what it found was not only did massive amounts of tumor growth develop on the rats and they were walking around, like I said, it's really disgusting and unfortunate. You can see photos. With the tumors on their bellies and everything like that, they had to drag them on the floor. But besides that, it actually damaged their kidneys and attacked all of their organs and caused organ damage or organ failure in many cases. And around 70% of the females died prematurely. So that's really, uh, important here because what we're finding is that it's linked to breast cancer, mammary tumors, and everything like that. So GMOs are now directly linked to breast cancer, which is exploding across the United States. And they're saying, well, we don't know what to do. We need billions more dollars to fund a cure and everything like that. Well, I think the research is pretty clear that you should, number one, first of all, avoid GMOs. Well, let's let's get into some of the health effects of GMOs because obviously this new study detailing the link with breast cancer, but there have been all sorts of other health effects associated with GMOs in the scientific peer-reviewed literature. Let's talk about some of that. Yeah, so obviously there's been hundreds of different studies. There would be thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of studies on GMOs and Roundup, but Monsanto, since they own the patent to their genes, they can go around and say, you're not allowed to study this. And that's why one of the reasons that France is doing so is because they're not based in the United States, where Monsanto has such a firm grasp on the politicians and figureheads in the United States. Uh, going as far back as WikiLeaks 2007, we can find that Monsanto actually owns all United States diplomats, but I guess that's another story. But we can see just from this uh, peer-reviewed PubMed research dating back years and years that Roundup alone has been linked to 29 associated diseases, many of which have over 40 pieces of peer-reviewed research to support this. So, for example, it's been linked to lymphoma in 40 studies, DNA damage in 27 studies, hormonal disorders in 24, low testosterone in 22, another lymphoma, pesticide toxicity, chemical exposure, liver cancer, mercury poisoning, I could go on, skin cancer, kidney damage, liver damage, lymphatic cancer, oxidative stress, uranium poisoning. So it just goes on. And that's just Roundup right there. That's the Roundup-ready crops that are being drenched in Roundup, massive amounts because they're so resistant. If I were to go to glyphosate, which is the key component that Monsanto created in Roundup, which is the number one best-selling herbicide, by the way, in the United States. There's 36 associated diseases such as DNA damage, uh, chemical exposures in the womb, glyphosate toxicity, which can kill you, neurotoxicity, endocrine diseases, mercury poisoning again, meningitis, infertility, and we have all the Germany, German studies and everything like that linking it to infertility as well. It just goes on. And on and on and on. Absolutely. Is there any one resource that puts together all of those uh, those links to those studies or, or, or gives a list like that with, with what studies Actually, indicate yes. that? Yes. Um, I would go – the website I'm looking at right now is, is uh, greenmedinfo.com, and you can go ahead and plug in Roundup in the search bar and then click Advanced Options, and it will show you all the PubMed uh, – peer-reviewed PubMed research linking it to these diseases, or you can go to PubMed and look it up yourself. But either way, it's, you're going to get there. 
Exactly, and I hope people will do that, just so that they, they at least, at the very least, they can grasp for themselves the amount of research yeah. that's already gone into this, despite, as you say, the fact that there is such a, a revolving door at the top between Monsanto and the FDA that's supposedly regulating these these products, and uh, as we know, really isn't doing that job. But let's give a people give people a, an idea of the scope of this problem, because I think probably not my listeners, but probably the general public still doesn't really have a very good grasp of how much GM technology has penetrated into the food supply. So what are we talking about in terms of corn, soy, these these types of products? How much of this right now is, is uh, genetically modified in the United States? It's pretty bad. Uh, across the board, we're looking at uh, some conservative estimates. Some say very conservative, 80 plus, 86 plus percent for corn. Most estimates say 95 plus percent. And then the soybeans is the absolute worst. See, people are saying now that virtually 100 percent of processed soy, so processed foods that contain soy, is genetically modified. Um, upwards of 96 plus percent across the board of soy is genetically modified. We have uh, papaya, cotton, your clothing, you could be wearing GM clothing. And of course, it might not affect you directly, it may, but the environmental uh, toxicity hazards associated with that, with all the Roundup and everything like that, it's permeating into the global supply of everything. So, But chances are, if you're eating processed foods, so you're eating Doritos or anything like that, there's almost a 100% chance that it contains GMOs. In fact, I would bet a lot of money that pretty much all processed foods contain at least trace amounts of GMOs, and many of them are just loaded with them. And there's been reports, even the so-called natural foods, that really doesn't mean anything, all contain GMOs like kashi and everything like that. So people unfortunately think that they're getting healthier by eating kashi cereals and stuff like that because it says 100% natural. And people say, well, GMOs aren't natural. Well, according to the FDA and the USDA, they're the exact same thing as a regular crop that's not GMO. So they can say that it's 100% natural, but it's fully loaded with GMOs. And there are certain countries, Japan being one of them, that supposedly do not import genetically modified foods and do not allow it in the food supply. But, of course, there's processed foods from from the United States and other countries that do have genetically modified foods that are imported into countries like Japan. Surely, surely the genetically modified ingredients are part of those processed foods, and that, I suppose, gets gets around these blanket bans on GMO foods in different countries? The problem is that there's not many accepted testing procedures, just like Whole Foods has been caught having GMOs in a lot of their products. It's because the, the testing procedures are not up to par whatsoever. And also you have uh, trace contamination. So GM alfalfa, which we actually had an exclusive document, I believe six or so months ago, that showed that Monsanto planted it before the USDA, the USDA even authorized them to. So that means that it spread and contaminated all these other crops and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the point is that the only way you're really certainly not going to have any GMOs, at least hopefully not a, uh, anything above minutely traced levels, if you, is if you buy organic, USDA organic, or even better, non-GMO verified by the non-GMO project. It has to say verified, because then you can be sure that it does not contain any GMOs. 
Well, well, that is exactly right, and I, I, I really do want to focus on some of the solutions and things people can do in a positive sense to to get around these GMOs or to, to at least start cutting back on the amount of GMOs in their life, because at this point, unfortunately, it's become extremely difficult to cut them out altogether. But certainly there are steps that people can take and put it into their own hands to start getting off of these technologies. But just uh, briefly here before the break, what is your sense on the uh, the public awareness of this uh, this problem? Do you think it's uh, it's growing? If so, in what how, what kind of numbers do you think we're talking about here? Well, oddly enough, I never thought I would say this, but it's a double-edged sword. The GMO campaign recently, thanks to this French study, sure, it's, it's exploding and people are getting much more aware of the problem. And uh, Proposition 37 in California, the initiative to label GMOs, actually is a two-to-one ratio in favor of doing so, despite Monsanto pumping in millions to uh, make sure that they aren't labeled. But the real problem I see here is that it's becoming a, a cool trend, sort of, to talk about GMOs, and they have this new reality show about GMOs. It's not really a funny, uh, you know, trendy issue. It's dangerous. It's something that needs to be banned. You know, it's not something to just tiptoe around and talk about GMO labeling and, you know, go on and on in the media about it. It's something that needs to happen now. You know? I, I see what you're saying, and there is the risk that it can become trivialized. So I think we have to take this very seriously. On that note, we're up against another break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And tonight we are talking to Anthony Gucciardi of NaturalSociety.com about the GMO agenda and how it is being implemented in our society in the United States right now and all across the world through the wonders of the biotech giants like Monsanto, who have their own shady histories and uh, shady practices to try to cover up in order to maintain the illusion that they are somehow a uh, an above-board business when they are anything but. And uh, I, one of the little facts that I always like to, to throw out there just to get people thinking about the issue, uh, I, I believe it's the fact that Monsanto has uh, doesn't use GMO products in their own employee cafeteria, but uh, Anthony, perhaps you can back me up on that one. Yeah, so there's an article here in The Independent from 1999, actually, as far back as 1999. There's since been a few more. Here's some some, uh, titles. Monsanto employees don't eat GMOs. Here's one. GM foods not served in Monsanto cafeteria. Turns out that the Monsanto employees refuse to eat GMO foods. The same GMO foods they say are perfectly safe and are pushed on all the developing nations to fight world hunger, which is a lie as well. But they say that... uh, the notice was posted by, to the catering group that the company refuses to uh, use GMO because the company believes in choices. And uh, they said that they don't want to eat GMOs because they are sprayed with more chemicals. And that um, the public has been made, it's concern, uh, public's concerns have been made clear, blah, blah, blah. Basically, a big PM, PR rescue mission was launched to say that, oh, they don't want to eat GMOs just because they're bad for you. You know, it's okay. It's everyone's choice. Our employees just choose not to eat the GMOs. Yes, do as we say, not as we do. Um, it, very interesting piece of that puzzle. And you bring up another important fact. It's something that I went over recently on my podcast, uh, The Truth About the Gene Revolution, talking about how this technology is presented as if it's going to be the savior for world hunger and it's going to uh, feed the poor, etc. But, of course, all the research shows that, in fact, yields are lower and more pesticides are needed in order to produce GM crops. So let's talk about some of the facts behind that and how this is really a lie that's being sold to the public right now. 
Well, here's the most explosive one. The United Nations, you know, our, our friends at the United Nations actually set out to prove that GM foods could feed the world. And it was the solution to world hunger, as Bill Gates has been saying over and over again. This was a really long time ago. Um, they went out and they, they sent 900 scientists that were determined to be the best, uh, possible scientists for this job to determine how to, how to, um, effectively fix world hunger, right? And everyone was assuming that they would say GMO foods were the best. But it seems that they couldn't even skew the research to possibly show that GMO foods were the answer because it turns out they said that GMO crops are, quote, not actually not effective at fighting world hunger. In fact, what they found was that Monsanto's seeds, which lead to thousands of farmers' deaths in India and everything like that, lead to excessive costs and failure to lead uh, yield crops. Quote, they were outperformed by traditional agroecultural farming practices. So basically, they went out and they tried to show that GMOs were effective in fighting world hunger, and they found that traditional farming was far better, increased yields, and cut costs dramatically. And even the Indians would know that, the uh, poor farming Indians, literally economically poor, who were tricked by Monsanto to use their GM seeds and their biopesticides, and many of them ultimately ended up drinking the very biopesticides they were given for their crops because their family's small fortune was ultimately destroyed after they used their GM crops, which produced decreased yields and cost them their entire fortune to grow. And also put them into debt servitude because they'd have to rebuy the seeds every year from Monsanto. So it's a vicious debt cycle that is perpetuated by this myth that somehow these uh, GMO products are going to alleviate world hunger. When in fact, yes, as you say, the, the evidence shows the exact opposite. And it's interesting to me that one of the uh, the fallouts of the GMO debate in recent years is that they've really dropped the GM tag. They don't want to be associated with the term genetically modified anymore. So we see, for example, uh, Bill Gates, as you say, he's been pimping this technology quite a bit in recent years, but he now uses the, the term biotech or biofoods or whatever. He, he will not use that term genetically modified because, because of uh, presumably of all the baggage associated with that. In one sense, it's a victory, I suppose. In another sense, it's, uh, it's just a shifting of the goalposts. But what, what's your take on that? Well, are you aware of why he promotes it? You know, outside of the eugenicist uh, angle, he also owns 500,000 shares of Monsanto and bought them years and years ago. In 2010, he bought 500,000 additional shares of Monsanto back in 2010 before he openly promoted them and said they were the answer to world hunger and everything like that, when he obviously must know that it's not true because it's found by the UN, like I said, 900 scientists said that it was a failure to yield. And there's multiple other reports on that as well. And here's a company also, in case there's any doubt in people's minds that they actually care about you and really aren't feeding you things that are killing you, they've been caught running slave rings. In Argentina, they were busted by an Argentina um, police force for running slave rings in which the employees, well, slaves, not really employees, would work 14 hours a day in the cornfields harvesting corn. Then they weren't paid if they left, you know, if they ever left the uh, confines of the cornfield, and they were paid through food at the company store. 
absolute debt slavery、um, that they use to to get the farmers in their thrall, and then they don't even have employees; they have slave labor. It's absolutely disgusting, and it just goes to show how far detached from from reality a lot of the the reporting on this subject is. That most people will never have heard of that issue. So thank God for sites like NaturalSociety.com that are informing people about these issues. Once again, I hope you will turn there for more information. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with Anthony Gucciardi after this. All right, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and once again tonight we're talking to Anthony Gucciardi of NaturalSociety.com about the GMO agenda. And just before the break, we were talking about Bill Gates, for example, and why and how he's gotten into promoting Monsanto and other biotech companies so heavily because of his own financial interests. But of course, there's also the specter of the eugenics agenda behind all of this as well. So, Anthony, let's start talking about the the long term effects of these GMOs and how and why they are being introduced into the food supply if it isn't about really alleviating world hunger. Well, it might be hard for some people to kind of break this down because it's it's really complicated. But basically, I'm sure your listeners will know. But the general public, if you were to say this to them, it would be it would be a real challenge for them to really understand the severity of it. But we talk about fluoride, we talk about the vaccines and everything. This is really the pinnacle of how humanity is being threatened at a core element, essentially. Because if they Ruin our genetic coding, and it's not—they're not going to ruin it, but they're going to alter our very genetic coding. We're finding that when you eat GMOs, it alters the bacteria in your gut, and ultimately will affect your gene expression. Now, if your genes are messed up and really deteriorating or, or changing in any way, the the consequences are almost unknown. It's a generational effect, and what will happen is your kids, their genes will be affected, and those、uh, their offspring will be affected. And if we keep letting Monsanto dictate what goes in our food, it can go it can go for countless generations. And then what will happen from that is we have this Gattaca-like eugenic system going in, where doctors will survey your genes and say, "Oh, you're more susceptible to this disease," and your kids are going to be more susceptible to this disease, and they're going to go in and say, "Oh, we're going to make these、uh, your kids have better." Genetics, or we're going to alter the genetics of your offspring, or you can't have kids if you have this specific gene. It's just like now. One of my recent reports, I believe I wrote it yesterday.、Uh, I sometimes lose count because I write sometimes three or four articles a day for different sources. But anyway, they're actually cutting off body parts now to prevent cancer for for these people. They go and the doctors look at your genetic. Uh, history and what your family had and what your genes show, and they say, "Oh, well, you have this inferior gene that's linked to cancer." For, so, for this woman, for example, that I wrote the article on, her gynecologist told her that she had the breast cancer gene, and that since she had that gene, she had to have her breasts removed. Oh, and by the way, you have a ovarian cancer gene, so you have to get、uh, your ovaries removed too. And she did. She complied, and she got her ovaries removed, her、uh, breasts removed. Hit menopause at age 37, has hot flashes every single day, immune system completely destroyed, 
And she didn't regret it one bit because she thinks that she prevented breast cancer. And it's very, very unfortunate how they're doing these things and not telling you that your your gene expressions can be changed with antioxidants and stuff like that. And we'll get into solutions. You want to get into solutions. But uh, it's important to understand this is a direct assault on humanity, the very genetic coding of you, your children, your entire family. And this is not sensationalistic fear-mongering because it's already happening. Even the peer-reviewed research that we documented earlier is showing that it's already ongoing. It's something that's very severe and it, it needs to be stopped immediately and people need to start reversing these effects before our entire species is essentially genetically altered by Monsanto and Syngenta and other biotech corporations. Well, again, it can't be stressed enough how important that, that piece of this puzzle is, that it's in fact changing our, our the humanity at the, at the genomic level. It's just such an incredible thing that that's happening right now. And as you say, we don't know the long-term effects of this, but we already do have indications of some of them from some of the rat studies and other things that have been conducted that show time and again that the second or third generation tend to be sterile. And uh, that is one of the main pieces of this puzzle, the sterilization, which, as you've uh, documented, is also... A, uh, ha- happening with glyphosate toxicity, so certainly that plays directly into a eugenics agenda of trying to to w- weed down the population and s- stop people from breeding. So it does play directly into that, whether or not it's being directed by eugenicists. It has, and that whether effect. or not you believe it, it's already happening. Exactly it's already right. on the table. And again, that's backed up by all sorts of peer-reviewed studies. So again, I hope people will go and and check those out for themselves and don't take our word for it. Please do your research into this and uh, and behold the horrors of the system for yourself. But and, uh, but and one other key thing I actually forgot to mention that's key here: the 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 study showing that Roundup isn't posing as much as a threat. By the way. 96% of them are funded by Monsanto, whereas the ones showing that Roundup is dangerous, 0% are funded by Monsanto. Funny correlation, that. Well, yeah. indeed. Okay, well, let's let's talk on a more positive level about things that people can do against this. And there are all sorts of ideas out there. People are, are acting out in different ways. So, for example, let's start with that, that um, one of the top 10 most shared articles of 2011 up on naturalsociety.com. Hungary destroys all Monsanto GMO cornfields. So let's talk a little bit about that story and what was happening there. So basically, uh, nations around the world are waking up to what Monsanto is doing, whether or not they're actually waking up, the leaders are waking up, or the citizens are just getting so mad that the leaders have to do something about it, most likely the second one. But anyway, Hungary essentially said, wow, Monsanto has uh, these thousand acres of GM corn, and the citizens were in such an uproar, they went and literally burned it. They burned it down. The, the entire acreage of Monsanto GMO crops, the cornfields, and they said, we're not going to eat this crap anymore, and we don't want it in our country. So they took a torch to it. And now we're finding Russia's banning importation and cultivation of GMO foods. France, of course, is calling potentially for a worldwide ban on GMOs following their probe into the French study. And we have Poland announcing a ban on Monsanto's GMOs. Peru banned te- uh, Monsanto's GMOs for 10 years. Uh, we have it's all around the world. Of course, the United States is not doing anything about it. The labeling is going in, so we're seeing international change. The only thing is that we need to learn to really understand how to fight against these things before it's decades later. 
That's exactly right. It's already too late to stop this from happening. It's already happening. It's a question of uh, of just to get it cutting it loose entirely. And how do we do that? Um, it's going to be uh, unfortunately a political battle at this point, especially in the United States, where obviously there's just so much influence from from Monsanto and the biotech lobby already, and uh, it's it's going to be difficult to imagine how this plays out. But there are bright spots. There are things like. Prop 37 happening in California. Tell us about this and what what it really represents. Sure. Well, I think, first of all, that our activism alone right now has already saved millions of lives. Uh, Congress actually went and banned genetically modified salmon a while ago because people were so upset about it. So we're actually making a difference. I mean, if people weren't woken up about this, you could bet that everything you're eating and all the organic food you're eating would be genetically modified, too, if people were just completely asleep. So we're doing things. And I think it's past the expiration date where they think that the GMOs have hit us hard enough where they can kind of discontinue it, just like they're doing a fluoride now. Even the government is calling for lowered fluoride levels because it's it's just it's out of the bag. You know, I mean, it's they're done with that. It, it, they can't possibly pass it any longer. So I think it's t- it's time for GMOs to be wiped out, fluoride to be wiped out, and hopefully we can get a little bit smart. Not obviously your listeners are uh, highly intelligent, but hopefully the general public can get a little bit smarter next time uh, and realize the next threat, like BPS instead of BPA. But yeah, Prop 37 is a great way, I think, that we can escalate the fight against GMOs and essentially what I like to call label them out of existence because we can't sue them out of existence. I already explored that path. It's $2 million just to get started, and there's probably a 99% chance you'll lose. The best way is grassroots activism through supporting initiatives like Prop 37. And as we talked about behind the scenes, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it will generate massive awareness. And that's what's key. It'll help push other states to adopt similar legislation and potentially other countries as well. Just as the French study did, imagine a major bill passed to label all GMOs. And then people will look at them. It'll say this product contains genetically modified ingredients. They'll subconsciously think, I don't want this. So corporations will be forced to stop putting GMOs in their products. And ultimately, that'll be the end of GMOs if this gets passed and other states adopt it. Well, absolutely. I do agree that raising awareness and raising just the the public uh, uh, understanding of this is extremely important. And in that regard, I think things like Prop 37 are important. But I think also it's dangerous to rely on this as as some sort of solution or end goal. Because uh, I don't know, people who have been listening to to my podcast, etc. will know by now that I'm very, very suspicious of the regulatory system as it exists in terms of regulating things like Monsanto, which really are the ones that write the rules. So I'm looking at a draft copy of uh, Prop 37 right now, and something that that concerns me is this: uh, the, the exemptions that are allowed in this labeling uh, law that would supposedly label all genetically modified foods. So, some of the exemptions include, uh, for example, any foods consisting entirely of or derived from an animal that has not itself been genetically engineered, regardless of whether such animal has been fed or injected with genetically engineered food. So, uh, right there, anything that's been fed with genetically engineered uh, organisms will still be allowed to be labeled non-GMO. Um, you have uh, raw agricultural commodity or food derived therefrom there that has been grown, raised, or produced without the knowing and intentional use of genetically engineered seed or food. Any processed food that would be subject to blah, 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 solely because it includes one or more genetically engineered process aids or en- enzymes. Uh, one of them I found particularly disturbing. Until July 1st, 2019, any processed food that would be subject to this section solely because it includes one or more genetically engineered ingredients provided that, one, no 
single such ingredient accounts for more than one half of one percent of the total weight of such processed food, and that the processed foods do not contain more than ten such ingredients. So it can have up to ten ingredients with as much as one half of one percent per weight volume of uh, genetically engineered uh, ingredients in each uh, product. That's that's a pretty big exemption, I think, and it, it goes to show that there's a lot of things that are engineered into the back doors of a lot of this legislation that uh, that allows still a lot of wiggle, wiggle room for the biotech giants to get their ingredients in. It is a step in the right direction, and I certainly do believe that it does raise awareness, but I think more fundamental to getting some sort of government regulation about labeling is things like the non-GMO project, where people take it into their own hands to source what is non-GMO and to buy those types of products. So let's talk about that that end of the spectrum and that solution for people who don't know about the non-gmo project let's tell them about what it is and how it works well i talked about it briefly in the past segment we had but basically the non-gmo project they go in and they actually examine if the product contains any gmos at all and if it doesn't it'll be uh, non-gmo project verified and that keyword right there is verified they can actually slap the non-GMO sticker on in some cases, and it can contain traces. So it needs to be verified, and I, I've never seen anyone that wasn't verified, but there was a report uh, by Cornucopia Institute, and you can look up Cornucopia, Cornucopia Institute Natural Products GMO or something like that. It'll show a lot of the cereals contain GMOs that are all natural and you know, might even say contains no GMOs. Um, so that's another thing is what you're talking about. It is always tricky I mean, we never want to rely on government regulation for almost anything. It would be better if the citizens basically just said, grassroots, I'm not buying GMOs, and I want to buy only non-GMO and force the corporations to change their ways. But unfortunately, I don't really think that's going to happen. So Prop 37 is a step in the right direction, but just as anything else, you're going to have the bureaucrats and the elite go in and change stuff in their favor because they can't be completely overruled or they would have no power over the situation. But I do think that people supporting Prop 37 and getting it out there is ultimately making people wonder, well, number one, what is Prop 37? Number two, what are GMOs? And, you know, number three, do I really want to eat them? So even if it, it starts something, some type of a trend, I think it is important. I think it's highly important. I think it's also important, though, that we keep it in check and we do talk about the negatives of it because there are a lot of people that just are supporting it blindly and talking about how it's the greatest thing in the world. We always need to keep everything in balance. Even if it's something that's uh, truth movement oriented, like Prop 37 has come to be, it needs to be checked and balanced at all times. We need to go in and expose any negative points, any corruption eating at the bottom of its parchment because it could over overtake the entire thing if we don't keep it in check. Next thing you know, they could add another section in there. So that's the most important thing, to keep it in check. Unfortunately, it's, a, it's not a perfect piece of legislation, but I think it is beneficial overall. Exactly right. I think you're exactly right on that 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 entire idea. I mean, they often slip things in the the back door of legislation at the last minute that undermines a lot of things. So it can be a, a tricky game to play, shall we say? But in terms of raising awareness, it is extremely important. So I hope that people will, at the very least, get the word out about things like Prop 37 and why it's important. But let's turn to the other end of the spectrum. So for people out there who are aware of the dangers of GMO and are genuinely looking to avoid them, let's talk about some of the natural and and truly non genetically modified uh, foods that people can use to actually improve their health? 
Sure. Well, baseline, you always, first of all, to avoid GMOs, that's the most important thing here. You want to buy either 100% organic, USDA certified organic, or non-GMO project verified plus the organic sticker. Uh, that's the best way to go ahead and avoid them. Also, you want to avoid a lot of the frozen vegetables, everything like that at Whole Foods. Important thing here, not everything that is at Whole Foods is free of GMOs. In fact, a lot of their products are uh, containing GMOs. And they're 365 organic I mean, not 365 not organic label uh, has been found to sometimes contain GMOs. So anything that's not organic, you can just assume it probably has GMOs in it, unless it's non-GMO project verified. Uh, some key things, like I said, corn, 90 plus percent GMO, soybeans, uh, anything like canola oil or anything like that. But as for reversing the effects, and no one talks about reversing the effects because I don't think a lot of people even know how to reverse the effects. But it's been found; it's it admitted it's known throughout the scientific community, they just don't want to talk about it, that antioxidants and beneficial superfoods loaded with antioxidants and other, other vitamins and essential nutrients are capable of changing the way that your gene expressions work. So you can actually bolster your immune system and your genes through eating correctly. Now, this is interesting because it goes back to the woman who cut out her ovaries and her breasts. Her gynecologist said that the only way she could prevent cancer was she had to cut her breasts off. That's the most it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard a doctor say. Well, one of the stupidest things. They've said a lot of stupid things. But doctors are now saying you have to cut your body parts off instead of just eating right. Because I don't know, I don't know if they are aware of the studies or not. Not every doctor is bad. A lot of them mean well. Uh, most of them mean well, in fact. It's more of the elite upper uh, mainstream health organizations that aren't exactly looking out for your best interest. More towards the financial side. But you can eat things like turmeric superfoods or antioxidant-rich things, garlic, for example. Um, but turmeric, just in one one, uh, one superfood, turmeric, it's been linked to 586 diseases that it positively impacts. So it, it helps with inflammation, which is virtually the cause of all chronic illness, helps with DNA damage, which causes cancer, and is from genetically modified foods, helps with breast cancer, like we said, it's Roundup is linked directly with memory uh, memory issues and breast cancer. Helps with colon cancer, tumors, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, lung cancer. I'm looking at greenmedinfo.com. If you just type in turmeric, 586 diseases. Couldn't even read them on air. Take an hour. Lymphoma, allergies, smoking. It can help with smoking. It can help with fatty liver, pesticide toxicity, everything. So turmeric is my number one recommended superfood by far. And it can help reverse many of the effects from not only just GMOs, but anything that's damaging in your lifestyle, any food contaminants or anything like that. Another good one, the cousin of ginger is, uh, the cousin of turmeric is ginger. That's another one as well. It can help in studies both turmeric and ginger. Turmeric has been found to reduce brain tumor size by 81% and ginger by 56%. So it's easy to see how powerful they are. Absolutely so, and I, I hope that people will again take a look at some of the studies that back that up and, and start researching into this because there are natural healthy alternatives to this GMO junk that's polluting our genome. On that note, we'll take another short break. We have one caller waiting on the line. There might be time to squeeze in one more, so 1-800-313-9443. We'll be back right after this. It starts with you and me. It starts with you and me. 
All right, friends, welcome back to the program, Corbett Report Radio, here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Once again, we're talking to Anthony Gucciardi of NaturalSociety.com, and we were talking about turmeric and its properties before the break. If anyone is interested right now in the Natural News Store and NaturalNews.com, you can buy Natural Attitude Vitality Turmeric Liquid Extract, and that is available exclusively through the Natural News Store in in conjunction with Anthony Gucciardi. And uh, so I will direct people there to take a look at that if they're interested. But we have a caller waiting on the line to talk about the GMO agenda. We have Werner in New Brunswick. So, Werner, thank you for the call tonight. Good evening, uh, uh, James, and uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Gutiardi. Uh I think there cannot be uh, enough said about uh, those uh, mad scientists, what they all introduce into the food chain, what they introduce into the environment, and what ultimately will, if it is not being stopped, will uh, cause the demise of uh, any uh, kind of sustainable forms of living on this planet. But in regard to uh, those uh, GM-modified crops, I'm a farmer, and I've been uh, now, uh, I, 43 years ago, I immigrated here to eastern Canada, and I had been farming for 10 years over in the old country, and I know what can be done with uh, sustainable farming, the traditional way of farming, and uh, I, most of the time, it is not necessary to use any of those uh, weed killers like uh, glyphosate and, uh, and Roundup. But uh, what I uh, encountered here within uh, two or three years, I realized uh, that uh, weeds were deliberately introduced in order to create the need to use weed killers. Not surprising. What crops are you farming? Well, at the time, uh, I came with a group of other farmers over from Germany, and uh, we wanted to be self-sufficient here. We looked at the ground, we looked at the growing conditions, and uh, we figured, uh, why buy seed grain when we can grow it right on our own ground, you know? And uh, as I say, right from the uh, early 70s on, I realized that uh, weeds were deliberately introduced, and within a few years, there was a multi-million dollar market created for the uh, products of the chemical industry. Yeah, funny how that works. Uh, Viruses created by uh, antivirus software companies and weeds created by the uh, companies that benefit from killing weeds. Uh, Not not really, unfortunately, much of a surprise there. But, uh, but Werner, have you seen any... Have you seen any change in the public's uh, reaction to, to the concept of GMOs in your time farming? Have you seen any change in the public's reaction to the uh, the concept of GMOs? They're now on the internet. More and more people have become aware of it. But uh, most of the time, uh, the general population, you know, when I uh, go in, into a grocery store, so most of the people they're so oblivious. You know, there's still an awful lot of uh, education has to be done. But uh, most of the people they're so complacent and uh, basically don't bother me. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, yeah, we have a long way to go, and it just goes to show the listeners of this show and others like it might be aware of these issues, but it doesn't mean that everyone is, so I hope people are doing their part to raise awareness. Werner, we're going to have to leave it there. We're coming up against the end of the show, but I do appreciate your call. Um, Anthony, let's just uh, tell people about the website one more time, how they can find this information and uh, any other sources that you'd like to direct people to. Sure, well, I recommend everyone keep listening to your show, first of all. It is a great resource and gets the word out there. But uh, you can find me at naturalsociety.com, and we have brand-new articles daily 
sometimes five to eight new articles every single day, sometimes ten. I write sometimes up to three articles a day. So we're just pumping the information out. We have staff writers and everything, so it's it's getting out there. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to see that you are going strong because, again, it is an important part of that alternative media mix that is uh, combating some of the billions of dollars of lies from the, the PR industry that they've created on the other side of the equation. So, Anthony Gucciardi, naturalsociety.com. Thank you again for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And on that note, we'll leave things there. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'll be back with you 23 hours from from now. So until then, thank you all for listening. Take care. <laughs>